Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, November 15th, and we start with local news. A Murray County teen who tragically died in a fire is being remembered for his bright spirit and personality. Will Spies, 19, died in a camper fire at the Natchez Trace Campground in Lewis County over the weekend. When I heard, I was heartbroken, cried Chloe Ferguson, who was part of the Best Buddies organization with Will at Columbia Central High School. The heartache can be felt from the students to the leaders. You know, it was just disbelief and shock, disbelief and shock that such a beautiful light could be extinguished, explained Lisa Ventura, superintendent of Murray County Public Schools. According to Ventura, Spies had been part of their school system since preschool. His mother even serves as a school nurse. It's a loss that carries through the halls of CHS. He was special. He definitely was special, sighed Ferguson. Spies was an 11th grader at Columbia High School with special abilities. When I tell you that this young man is the definition of the best part of humanity, that's not an over-exaggeration. Will was the type of child who made you want to be better who made you want to live life to the fullest. He exemplified how we all should live, and acceptance, and diversity, and the greatest love, said Ventura. Spies was often found in the hall greeting students and teachers with his bright smile. He would stand at this one corner, and every time I pass it now, it's like there's something missing out of the halls now, said Will's best buddy, Chance Michael. Will was often donning a cowboy hat and boots while playing country music out of a portable speaker. Sports, Cowboys, and Girls. That was Will, his teacher Rachel Lombardo said. His passion was always to be part of a team, dedicating much of his time to the basketball team. He loved sports. You know, everybody talked about the cowboy boots and the cowboy hat, but he loved sports. He will always be Mr. CHS, Columbia Central High School, Coach Larry Jones explained. Will's infectious spirit stretched beyond the school walls. He was the face of not just Central, but the community, stated Lombardo. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation continues to investigate Spies' death, saying at this time the fire appears to be accidental. Spies' funeral service will be held on Thursday. His family has asked instead of flowers that donations be made to the CHS Best Buddies organization. The school will host a balloon release Friday and is asking for everyone to wear purple along with a cowboy hat and boots in Spies' honor. A GoFundMe account has also been set up to help the Spies family during this difficult time. Columbia City Council voted this month to de- dedicate portions of two city parks to former council members and public servants Steve Boshears and Ken Wiles. The proposals were brought before the council last week, in which members voted on two resolutions. One was to dedicate the soccer complex building at Ridley Park in Boshear's honor, and the other to dedicate a playground and pavilion off Wheeler Drive at Woodland Park for Wiles. Both resolutions passed unanimously. Prior to Thursday's vote, council members shared memories of their former colleagues, while also paying tribute to Boshear's and Wiles' families who were in attendance. It's a profound honor for me and while all of this council and for all of this council to be part of an organization that gets to make known and sketched in history his name forever in our community and the work Steve Boshears did, Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder said. He was a giant of a man 
and was such a good man, and we will remember will and we will remember as those who served with him. But now, more importantly, the community as a whole and at large will honor Steve Boshears, he said. Boshears, a Columbia native, passed away july thirty first of twenty nineteen. In addition to his service on council serving the second ward, Boshears was also a Murray County constable, a reserve deputy for the Murray County Sheriff's Department, a pastor and territorial manager of O'Reilly Auto Parts for many years. As an avid sports fan, Boshears also served as president of the local Cal Ripken Jr. Baseball League, as well as a Little League coach. Mayor Mulder added that having Boshears' family present during the vote is a snapshot of his continuing legacy to the community. One of the biggest legacies was his family, who continues to give back to this community to this very day, Mulder said. For that, we are proud. Wiles came, first came aboard the council in 2019, taking Boshears' former seat, overseeing the second ward, and later securing re-election in 2020. He later passed away, also on July 31st, in 2022. His surviving wife, Debbie Wiles, currently presides in the position. When I think of Steve Boshears and I think of Ken Wiles, I think of a good man no matter what, where, or when, Mulder said. It was an honor to serve with Ken and equally an honor to now serve with Debbie, he said. In addition to his service on council, Wiles also served on the city's planning commission. He was also an avid musician and would often be seen playing guitar on the square during First Fridays. I served with Ken on planning commission and we always had a great time. I always respected him and it was a joy to be with him. Vice Mayor Randy McBroom said. He was always at First Fridays down at Puckett's playing. He always had joy in his heart, and he lived that way every day, he said. Wiles' son, Brent, later commented, thanking the council for his for this dedication. Thank you all, though I think my dad would probably be a little embarrassed by all of this attention given to him, Wiles joked, but we all appreciate it, he said. Debbie Wiles added that Boshears was actually a former student of her late husband at Highland Park Elementary School, which adds to the sentiment and legacy of both their lives. A date for a public dedication has yet to be set for the two former council members. Main Street Mount Pleasant is proud to announce the much-anticipated first annual tree lighting ceremony. This event will usher in the holiday season with a brilliant display of 14,000 LED lights, festive entertainment, and community spirit. This new tradition is scheduled to take place on November 25th at 6 p.m. on the square. My hope is for the tree lighting ceremony to become an event in the Mount Pleasant community to bring residents and visitors together to celebrate the magic of the holiday season. I look forward to creating a memorable experience for all who attend, said Director of Main Street, Haverly Pennington. Highlights of the, of the event will include the official tree lighting. You can watch in awe as Main Street's majestic tree is illuminated in a dazzling display of lights, marking the start of the holiday season at 6 p.m. There'll be plenty of holiday entertainment. You can enjoy live performances from Mount Pleasant Elementary, who will sing timeless holiday classics, followed by performances from the middle school dance team and high school cheer squad. There'll be a visit from Santa Claus. The jolly old man himself will make a special appearance to greet children and hear their holiday wishes on the square from 5 to 5.45 p.m. Feel free to grab your camera to snap a photo with the man in red. There will be plenty of food and refreshments. The Connection Church will be on hand to provide delicious treats and hot beverages to attendees from 5 p.m. until 5.45 p.m. And, of course, holiday shopping. Stroll Main Street Mount Pleasant before the festivities and start your holiday shopping. 
Main Street Mount Pleasant is dedicated to creating memorable and engaging events for the community. The tree lighting ceremony is just one of the many activities undertaken to enhance the charm and vibrancy of downtown Mount Pleasant. We believe that this event will be a heartwarming and unifying experience for the community. We can't wait to celebrate the holiday season with our friends and neighbors, said Mount Mount Pleasant Mayor Bill White. All are intended to invited to attend this free family-friendly event. Please mark your calendars for November 25th and join us on the square to kick off the holiday season in style. Dress warmly and bring your holiday spirit as we light up the night together. For more information about the tree lighting ceremony and other Main Street Mount Pleasant activities, contact info at visitmountpleasant.com. From now through December 20th, the Prior Art Gallery at Columbia State Community College will be hosting the exhibition Native Americans and the West, featuring the pen and ink drawings of artist Bob Jones. Bob Jones achieves a level of detail in his pen and ink drawings that boggles the mind. His passion for Western art depicting Native Americans and cowboys goes back to second grade. Jones attended Harris School of Advertising Art in Nashville, which led to an illustrious career beginning in the 1960s, photographing and designing album covers for country music greats like Dolly Parton, Roy Orbison, Waylon Jennings, and Johnny Cash. An artist, illustrator, and photographer, Jones has many stories to share about his experiences in country music and his narratives of the West through pen and ink. Jones resides in Spring Hill. Prior Art Gallery on the Columbia campus will feature an artist reception on Thursday, November 16th from 5 to 7 p.m. The reception is free and open to the public, and light refreshments will be served. The Spring Hill Chamber has launched its 2023 Think, Shop, Explore Local Passport, presented by Groove Life, encouraging residents to explore the local community and its businesses through November 17th. Residents who collect at least 15 stickers from participating businesses will have a chance to win a grand prize featuring gifts from local businesses worth thousands of dollars. Empowering our community with a local passport program is not just about promoting business, it's about promoting community pride through local discovery, said Rebecca Melton, Executive Director of the Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce. With the opportunity to win a generous grand prize from some of our local businesses, the Passport Program offers an exciting way for residents to explore the community's assets and make new connections, she said. Passports are available at all participating businesses and the Spring Hill Welcome Center, which is located at 5326 Main Street, Suite G in Spring Hill. The Welcome Center will also serve as an official back I'm sorry, official drop-off location for all completed passports. A list of businesses, addresses, a map with directions, grand prize details, and passport rules can be found at www.springhillchamber.com forward slash passport. The local passport includes 33 stops encompassing various local business types and community photo opportunities. This year's community photo opportunities include Spring Hill Public Library, Walnut Street Skate Park, and Cannon Hill. Participants can take photos at these locations and share them on Instagram or Facebook using the hashtag SHPassport23 or complete the entire passport to earn extra entries in the grand prize drawing. Once again, for business addresses, a map with directions, grand prize details, and passport rules, you can find them at www.springhillchamber.com forward slash passport. 
Columbia State Community College's Office of Workforce and Continuing Education will launch a leadership development program designed to benefit new and emerging leaders to help them develop the necessary skills and a toolkit of resources to help them excel as they move into and grow in their leadership roles. I'm extremely proud to be bringing this program to our communities, said Melody Murphy, Columbia State Workforce and Continuing Education Director. With now hiring posted on almost every storefront, it is becoming harder for employers to find and keep good employees. This program is an excellent opportunity for a company to identify dedicated employees' value and hard work and build them up through this program for leadership and supervision roles, she said. The Columbia State Leadership for Operational Excellence Program nurtures success and provides participants with the skills and resources for them to excel as leaders within their organizations. Topics covered will include leadership styles, generations and teams, employee engagement and productivity, communication and leading your team, business finance and budgets, presentation skills and networking, as well as delivering outcomes and managing change. Many of us have seen firsthand how promoting internally for these positions based on performance can be problematic, because doing a job and leading others to do a job are very different things that require somewhat different skill sets, Murphy said. This program program aims to give participants the necessary leadership skills to be successful leaders, she said. Registration is now open for the program, which consists of eight full-day sessions with two full days conducted back-to-back. Participants should plan to attend all sessions, which will take place at Columbia State's Williamson campus. The program begins in 2024 with the dates of January 11th and 12th, February 8th and 9th, March 7th and 8th, and April 11th and 12th. The cost is $2,995 with lunch and coffee provided. To register, visit www.campusce.net. For more information, you can also contact Melody Murphy at mmurphy19 at Columbia State. And now, your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. David Ray Stevens, 76, a retired Master Sergeant for the United States Army and a resident of Kalioka, died Sunday at his residence. Funeral services will be conducted Thursday at 10 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 4 to 8 p.m., at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Paul Thomas Smith, 68, a resident of Lobelville and former equipment technician for Vanderbilt, died on Wednesday at his residence. A memorial service will be held Thursday, November 16th at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements, and condolences may be extended online at www.oaksandnichols.com. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. 
At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia, since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of sun and clouds that will turn into mostly cloudy skies as the day progresses. The high today will be 64 degrees with winds out of the southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect cloudy skies that become partly cloudy after midnight. The low will be 48 degrees with light and variable winds. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years, and we would love to help you turn your project into reality.
Jingle bells, houses sell all the time of the year. To get the most out of your house, let us help you there. With free home staging, professional pictures, and some free repairs. We work hard for you to make your dreams come true. Mr. Grinch beware. Merry Christmas to you and your family from George Varalis and The Way Realty. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus Christ changes lives. Southern Middle Tennessee today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Vrylis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. During her first formal legislative hearing, Tennessee Education Commissioner Lizette Reynolds highlighted Tuesday the legal unknowns if state officials choose to reject K-12 education funds and emphasize the role federal dollars play in day-to-day school operations. Reynolds testified before the Joint Working Group on Federal Education Funding, her first public appearance since her appointment as commissioner earlier this year. Republican leadership appointed the panel to consider whether Tennessee should reject federal K-12 education funding and identify objectionable strings attached to federal dollars. The group met three days last week and is expected to conclude public hearings today. During her testimony, Reynolds emphasized the important role federal funds play in daily functions for schools across the state and indicated uncertainty should the state choose to reject the funding. The issue of accepting or rejecting federal funding is a complicated one, with numerous legal implications and uncertainties, Reynolds said. For these reasons, it's hard to project exactly how decisions would play out if made, she said. Reynolds cited Tennessee's progress in post-pandemic learning loss recovery efforts, growth in literacy rates, and the state's new student-based funding formula. Understanding how federal funds support and interact with these initiatives will ensure we can continue improving educational and life outcomes for Tennessee students, she said. All 147 local school districts in Tennessee receive at least one federal grant, according to the Tennessee Department of Education. Out of the 1,900 public schools in the state, 1,200 implement a Title I program to support economically disadvantaged children. The scope of federal education funding across our state across our state, is wide and diverse, said Debbie Thompson, the Department of Education's Assistant Commissioner of Federal Programs and Oversight. More than 990,400 students in Tennessee receive direct support from federal funds, and federal funds support more than 100,000 school personnel across the state. We believe that LEAs are utilizing federal funding streams to provide support to their students and teachers, Thompson said. Four programs funded with federal dollars, Elementary and Secondary Education Act, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, Perkins Career and Technical Education Act, and USDA Child Nutrition Program account for nearly 10% of the state's education budget for this fiscal year. While federal rules allow districts to use up to 20% of their grant allocations to administer federally funded programs, 
Thompson said Tennessee districts on average use under 8% of the funds on administrative costs. Officials continued to consider how the state could go about rejecting some federal funding. Senator Don White of Murfreesboro asked education officials whether it would be possible to reject some, but not all, federal program funds. That's a tough question to answer because we just don't know what the federal government would do, Deputy Commissioner of Operations Sam Piercy said. Piercy said federal agencies calculate a state's funding amounts using a funding formula that is based on what Title I funds the state receives. If we don't necessarily take Title I, that's going to create some additional questions about how those others might work, Piercy said. I would assume that most of the grant funds that are bundled together under ESEA, for example, are probably going to maintain bundled together. During the hearing, lawmakers on the panel did not identify specific strings or requirements attached to federal funding that they find objectionable. Asked by spectators what strings he would like to see eliminated after the hearing, Senator Joey Hensley said federally required testing and student evaluations and food waste. Testing is one of the strings that is required, Hensley said. We wouldn't stop testing, but we may cut down on some of the tests. We have to still abide by all the federal laws and rules that apply to educating students, he said. State House Speaker Cameron Sexton, who appointed the panel, has cited the federal mandate to administer standardized testing like the Tennessee Comprehensive Assessment Program, or TCAP, as a reason for the state to reject federal funding. Hensley said foregoing federal funding would not mean ending certain federal requirements. All those federal protections are still there. We have to provide education for special ed students, whether it's federally funded or state funded, Hensley said. We have to still abide by all the federal laws and rules that apply to educating students, he said. For the first time since January, the state gas price average has fallen below $3 per gallon. Gas prices across the state fell $0.07 on average over last week. The Tennessee gas price average is now $2.95, which is $0.22 less expensive than one month ago and $0.35 less expensive than one year ago. Drivers are now finding the cheapest prices at the pump in 10 months, and thanks to falling crude oil prices, this downward trend is likely to continue through the holidays, said Megan Cooper, spokeswoman for AAA, the auto club group. Right now, all but three of Tennessee's metro areas have metro gas price averages below $3 per gallon. It's very likely the remaining three metros will fall below the $3 per gallon mark this week, she said. Here are some quick facts. 77% of Tennessee gas prices have prices below $3. The lowest 10% of price pump prices are $2.65 for regular unleaded. The highest 10%, $3.43 for regular unleaded. Tennessee is currently the ninth least expensive market in the nation. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Looking for a physician? Choosing a healthcare provider for your family is one of the most important decisions you will make. Murray Regional Medical Group delivers primary care for individuals of all ages from newborns to adults and has an array of specialists ranging from endocrinologists to urologists. With locations in Murray, Lewis, Marshall, and Wayne counties, our experienced team can provide you with quality care close to home. For more information, visit murrayregionalmedicalgroup.com. Murray Regional Medical Group, your health is our primary care. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Cirque du Soleil is coming to Nashville in 2024. This won't be an average performance by the world-renowned entertainment group, however. In collaboration with Universal Music Group Nashville, the company announced it would be embarking on a nationwide tour titled Cirque du Soleil's Going Country, an homage to country music. The tour will kick off in Nashville July of 2024 at the Tennessee Performing Arts Center and will combine the breathtaking artistry of Cirque du Soleil with the beloved music of country legends and superstars. General on-sale ticketing will begin on December 6th. However, fans are encouraged to register ahead at CirqueDuSoleil.com for exclusive pre-sale, updates, and information. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting WKOM WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it any time or read the transcript online by visiting www.frontporchradiotn.com. It's always there for you. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.